Thanks for tuning in to the teaching ministry of Mike Hilson, Senior Pastor of New Life Wesleyan Church of La Plata, Maryland, a church that plants churches, and of Where You Are Church, an online church helping people reconnect with God through practical content and a growing community. We're so glad that you're taking the time to listen to this week's message, and we hope that this teaching helps you love God and love people better every day. If you enjoy what you hear today, consider sharing it with someone else. Now, enjoy today's teaching. We're in the life of Gideon, and, and when we left it, uh, Gideon and the Israelites, they were, they were being impoverished by the constant raiding of the Midianites and the Amalekites. And, and the Midianites, the Amalekites, other Eastern peoples are coming in and raiding, just taking everything. Finally, 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 the Israelites become so desperate that they call out to God. Can I say it again? Because I said it last week, but I want to say it again. Why do we leave God the ultimate answer to the last point? Why is he always our last resort? God should be our first resort. We should go to him first because he ultimately is going to be where we're going to find our answer. So so, so for whatever reason, they left God to the last resort, which we do as well. And so they finally cry out to God. God reminds them, if you remember this, God reminds them of his commands that they're going to have to come back to. And then God sends them away. Oh, God decides to call a leader, a, a, a deliverer. His name is Gideon. And, and I'm just going to jump in. I'm just going to jump in at verse 11. Chapter 6, it Judges, chapter 6, verse 11. Here's what it says. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Joash the Abizarite, where, the son, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. You remember this, he's hiding. He's hiding from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Understand, Gideon is hiding in this, in this wine press. He's hiding from the Midianites, the Amalekites. He, look, when he is greeted as a mighty warrior, the truth is he is acting as anything but. You see, God sees us for what we will be, rather than simply judging us by what we are. God looks at us and sees what he knows is inside of us and what he designed us to be, not just where we are. God sees Gideon and knows, knows that Gideon is a mighty warrior, even though at the moment he looks like a hiding coward. I mean, that's, that's really what's going on. Now, here's the issue. What happens next in the story is that Gideon hears God and responds to God, stay with me, but he does not do so until he asks a lot of questions of God. Sometimes people in the church, and I think they're well-meaning, I just think they're wrong. Sometimes people in the church give us the impression that we're never supposed to question God. You should never question this, or you should never question that, or you should never... <clears throat> Can I be honest? That's almost never the right answer. You should not, not only is questioning God allowable, questioning God is preferable. And to be quite honest, it's required in order for me to process what is going on. God knows full well that you've got to question him. Look, 
I have grandkids now, right? And, and, and my oldest, Nora, is in the why stage. You begin to ask a question, and she says, but why? You ask another question, you give her the answer, she says, but why? You give her the answer, she says, but why? Any of you have ever had kids, my kids did this when they were little, know full well you can get into that cycle and be there a long time. Why? Because there's constantly the next question. I give this question, you give me an answer. I'm not questioning your answer, but it, it poses a new question. And if you don't go through that question and answer process, then you're not learning to actually understand what God is doing as he leads you and develops you. You see, we've got to not just follow God blindly. We've got to learn to trust God as the one who has the right answer. That's going to require some questions. When I was a teenager, uh, I was in I was in a, a ministry team, and, and, and they gave us this devotional book to do. I don't remember much about the devotional book, but I remember the title of the devotional book, and it was called Don't Check Your Brain at the Door. And the whole point of the devotional was you don't have to stop thinking to start believing. And, and, and so, so what they really drove us toward was ask the hard questions because you've got a lot of places to ask those questions from. Let, let, let's take a look at verse 13, starting at verse 13. Pardon me, my Lord. Remember, the, the angel of the Lord has just greeted Gideon and said, Greetings, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, verse 13, Gideon replied, But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and has given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and, and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Listen to his question. His question is, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where is this God who delivered our ancestors from from the hand of their oppression? Where is this God who parted the Red Sea? Where is this God that brought us up out of Egypt? If this God was able to do all of that, why isn't he doing something about the Midianites? Why is God not fixing our problems? Pause, pause, pause. I could give a quick answer. The quick answer is because the Israelites until 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 verse 11 didn't until verse 10 or 11 didn't even ask. They were trying to solve the problems themselves. Hey, listen. Quite often we're trying to solve the problems ourselves and they're just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Listen, this causes questions. When Gideon is asking these questions, he's thinking in a in, in a way that we think. We must we will it will be required if we're going to develop that we ask questions from our scars. See, we have scars in our lives. We have scars in our lives from, from things that went wrong, scars in our lives from things people did to us, things we've done to people. All Every, every wrong decision we've made, every, every, every attack we've received, everything that's happened in our lives has left a mark. And those marks then have to be answered to. And so what, what Gideon is saying is, if God is really there, then why is all this happening? It's interesting that the angel does not say to him, oh, yeah, because da-da-da-da. No, no, no. He says, wait, I hear your question, but I'm here to tell you, go in the strength you have. 
He reminds him, yes, you're scarred. Everybody hear me. Everybody listen. He reminds him that, yes, you are scarred. Yes, what you have been through has left a mark, but you are not without capacity. Go in the strength you have and deliver and save Israel out of Midian's hand. You have strength. You have capacity. Everybody listen to me. Everybody listen to me. You still have the strength and the capacity to overcome. God has not allowed that to be taken from you. There is no room inside of following God for hopelessness because our God is a God of hope and a God of power and a God of deliverance and a God of salvation. He is not a God of leaving you hopeless and without. We need to understand that. We need to capture the fact that yes, we have scars. Yes, life has left a mark. I got it. I have the scars myself. I get that. But in the end, our God is a God who uses those scars to bring us up, to make us better, to show us how to go forward. He uses those scars in some cases like calluses to make us tougher for the next decision, to make us able to endure the next one. Our God will use that. It is not wrong to question from our scars because when we do, God begins to show us that our scars actually gave us capacity. Verse 15, pardon me, my Lord. Remember, remember, the angel of the Lord says, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. And am I not sending you? Okay, okay, okay. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. In other words, he's very politely saying, okay, fine, but. Okay, but. Okay, but. How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. Do you, do you see what he's saying? He's saying, I, I ain't nobody, and I ain't from nowhere. I mean, look, I'm from nowhere, from a family that ain't nobody, and I ain't nobody in the family that ain't nobody from nowhere. I mean, he's like the lowest of the low. Not only do you have questions from your scars, often we have questions from our past. Because our past has defined us and we've allowed it to define us. But you got to understand, you cannot always allow your past to define you. Yeah, your past is there, but you're not there anymore. Or at least you shouldn't be. Y'all, I have this phrase with Tina. When Tina and I do something that's really, that I consider kind of cool, I'll say, this is a long way from Mount Ola. Okay, Mount Ulla, M-T-U-L-L-A, Mount Ulla. That's the little town I grew up in. It is Nowheresville, North Carolina. I mean, it folks folks from the neighboring town don't know where Mount Ulla is. It, it's just, it's nowhere. And, but that's where I grew up, right? I mean, there's nothing. Downtown Mount Ulla is, is a one-room post office and the Mount Ulla Bear Poplar Volunteer Fire Department. That was all that was there and a fork in the road. That was it. That was the whole town. And so there was nothing there. Y'all, Mayberry was metropolitan compared to where I grew up. Some of y'all are too young to know what Mayberry is, but stay with me. So, so, so the truth is, the truth is, tiny little town. And, and, and I grew up in a double wide in Mount Ola. That, that, that's just, I was in a trailer in Mount Ola, right? But God's allowed us to do so many things in our lives now. And, and, and I'll say to Tina once in a while, this is a long way from Mount Ola. Listen to me. Your past is there, but you're not there anymore. 
You don't need to be there anymore. You don't have to live like that anymore. Yes, you have questions from your past. Let God answer them. He did that for a reason. He brought you through that for a reason. He Look, don't just say, God delivered me out of Mount Allah. Ask yourself the question, why did he have me there to start with? What did he do with me and in me while I was there that I need to learn from? When you begin to understand that, you begin to understand what God is, is doing. Verse 16, the Lord answers him. I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none of them alive. You're not, look, he says, listen, I'm going to be with you. I get it. I get it. You got scars. I get it. You're not from anywhere. Your past is not, I get your past does not set you up for this. But I'm here to tell you, I'm going to be with you, and you're not just going to manage this problem. You're going to solve this problem. We've got to understand we have questions from our scars. We have questions from our past. And then, and then Gideon moves on. So Gideon says, okay, Lord. I, I get this image in my mind of Gideon trying to process this. He knows what's going on. He's trying to believe. Okay, then let's try this. Verse 17. If I found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I'll wait until you return. So Gideon went outside, prepared a young goat, and from an ephah of flour, he made bread without yeast. Interesting, by the way, that he made it without yeast, because we find out later in later in the Old Testament and then in the New Testament that yeast is is an is an illustration of sin. So he finally goes and make, makes for the angel of the Lord something that is proper for the Lord. He makes it without the sin, without the yeast that has so pervaded uh, the nation of Israel. He says, I'll make you something pure. It's very interesting. That's long story, different study. Putting the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot, he brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. The angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on this rock and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of the staff that was in his hand. Fire flared up from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. We've got questions from our scars because he's like, questions from our scars always start with, well, then why did this happen? Then we've got questions from our past, which always kind of circle around, well, I ain't nobody and I ain't from nowhere. But then there's questions of our faith. Am I actually following the true God? And here's the interesting thing here. God will never fail to show himself if you trust him and listen to him and watch for him to come through. God always shows us. Look, sometimes we ignore it. Sometimes we don't see it. it's very obvious here. Uh, he, he makes the meal and then, and then the, the angel of the Lord touches it. There's fire and then the angel disappears. It's very obvious here. You can't miss it in this case. But in our case, sometimes God does something very obvious God, God gives us a breakthrough that's very obvious or somehow he shows himself in ways that just make sense. And all of a sudden we go, we go, wait, wait, wait. Am I just making this up? Look, sometimes we've just got to receive what God shows us. Uh, I was years ago uh, unpacking whether I should go on a particular missions trip or uh, to teach leadership, and it was going to be expensive. And I thought, I don't know if we should spend the money on it. I don't know if we should do it. And I head to dinner with someone 
who is from that mission field and said, hey, should we, I'm asking the question, should we do this? I'm trying to meet, I'm trying to figure out, I'm just trying to unpack it. Is it logical for us to do this? I literally get a text message on the way. I stop in the parking lot finally and read the text message and it's from one of the prayer warriors in our church. And the, and the text literally said, it literally said, the dinner you're about to go to is, is ordained by God. I had not told anybody I was about to go to dinner with someone. And you're going to do work on this mission field and named the mission field we were discussing. Now, that's one of those obvious fire angel disappears moments. But there are other moments where I literally sit back and I say, I wonder if I should do this or this. And all of a sudden, there's just this little thing that says, you need to do that. I need to receive these things as God's answers to my prayers. Yes, I have questions for my faith, but God God receives those and he will answer those. Be careful that you learn to understand the voice of the Lord versus the voice of the enemy. But God does answer us. Look, our faith is not just another self-help scheme that helps you think about life better. Our faith is a faith in a God that's actually going to intervene. And that God is going to accept your question, and then he's going to answer with his own presence. Our faith is real. We have questions from our scar. We have questions from our past. We have questions from our faith. And then there's the question of our courage. When Gideon realized, I'm in verse 22, when Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Alas, sovereign Lord, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace. Do not be afraid. You are not going to die. In ancient Israel, even in modern times, there is a belief that if I ever actually see the face of God, no human can survive after seeing the face of God. This is what Gideon is going through. You are not going to die. Verse 24. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day, it stands in Ophrah of the Abizarites. That same night, the Lord said to him, Watch what God tells him to do. Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old. Tear down your father's altar to Baal, one of the one of the foreign gods, one of the gods uh, of the of the of the Canaanites. Tear, tear down the altar, your father's altar to Baal, and cut down the Asherah pole, another god, beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on top of this height, using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down. Offer the second bull as a burnt offering. So Gideon took 10 of his servants and did as the Lord told him. Watch. But because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. I have questions for my scars. I have questions for my past. I have questions for my faith. And now there are questions of my courage. See, what God, what God is saying, if you remember back in last week's sermon, I said, if we are going to be delivered, we have to understand that for the presence of God to return, the commands of God must be remembered. And what they violated in the commands of God is they have violated, they violated the God's command not to worship other gods. Now, what God says to Gideon is, okay, you've now been through all these questions. I've answered them all. Now it's your turn. It's your turn. You need to go tear down your father's altar to Baal. Tear down your father's altar to Asherah. Take one of your father's prized cattle. Slaughter the cow. 
build a proper altar, and using the wood from the Asherah pole, you're going to burn the offering, the cow that you killed, and offer all of that up as an offering to God. That's going to require courage. That's when you got to put feet to your prayers. Okay, look, everybody listen to me. There comes a point where I ask God questions for my scars. He answers them. I feel better. Watch. I ask God questions for my past. He shows me how my past actually made me stronger. I feel better. I ask God questions for my faith. He assures me it's him. I feel better. But now he asks questions of my courage. That means I have to do better. I want you to understand Christianity is not just a religion about feeling better. This has got to lead us to a place that we do better. That's what God's calling us to. If, if Gideon never takes this step, then the rest of the story doesn't happen. You say, but, but, but he did it at night. I get it. God understands my courage is limited, and he will accept the level of courage I can bring to the table as long as I will rise to the level of courage to which I am capable I cannot run away from it. There are points where I must step out in my faith. God will teach me to do that in greater and more public ways as I go forward. But I got to take the first step. You got to take the first step. You got to ask your questions. But when God answers your questions and then tells you to take a step forward, it's time to take a step forward. He's dealt with your scars. He's dealt with your past. He's dealt with your faith. Now he's asking you to have courage. And he's going to help you through it. You just have to trust him. But he's already answered all these questions. So come on. Just trust him and take a step. I'm convinced God's going to have every one of us take a particular step at this moment. The question I have is, are you going to be willing? Pray with me. Holy Spirit, speak to us right now so clearly. Lord, help us to pray. Pray specifically. Help us to pray questioning prayers. Help us to pray prayers that try to give, that try to define things for us or help us understand things or give us new insight. Help us pray those kinds of prayers, Lord. Sure. Help us question. But Lord, help us also hear. And when we hear from you that there's a step we need to take, give us the courage to take that step, and we will give you the praise for everything you do. Lord, we are learning to trust you. Help us to learn well, and we'll give you praise. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. We really hope that this resource helped you in your journey towards loving God and loving people better every day. If you enjoyed this, please share it with your friends. And lastly, we just wanted to give a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that all of this is even possible. If you'd like to learn more about how to partner with us financially, just click give for more information. We appreciate anything that you can do to help. Thanks for being a member of our online family. We love serving Jesus with you.